Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all already know what the name of the show is. Welcome back to another episode of Heat vs. the World. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. And with me, I'm joined by Deem, Kevin, uh, let's see, Lola, and Kay. And we're here for another episode of Heat vs. the World and talk about the Miami Heat, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, basically, if y'all... Are you know, laying on a couch, Joel? What, what's going I, on? Are you, are I'm you sorry. seeing a therapist right now? What, what's going I, on, man? I don't, I don't got the energy for this, man, but I, I still said let's just record anyways. So, you know, I'm out here doing my best, but, like, the Miami Heat don't put me in a bad place right now. So, you know, I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting for something to happen at this point because... I, I just need this season to end. I'm going to be completely honest. But anyway. So Joel's y'all. just here so he don't get fined. Got it. Cool. <laughs> you already know. You already know. But anyways, in case y'all didn't hear, the Heat lost to the Hawks last night. Um, And it was, well, you know what? Was it blowout? I didn't even watch the ending of that game. All I know is we was down by, like, I believe you said, K, like, by 31 at one point. So there's that. Um, And, yeah, like. This team looked mad sorry yesterday. A lot of insane things happened. And one crazy stat that I mentioned before the show even started was that our guys, you know, our rotation, you got, who was it? It was Vincent, Hero, Struess, Martin, and Love. All five of those guys shot two of 16 from the field. I kid you not. On wide open shots, too. Could y'all even imagine that? And that's supposed to be the squad that we need to rely on to help this team win some games and apparently a championship. I don't know what the hell to make of this, man. I mean, it's so crazy because I honestly thought they would have actually won the game. Like, if y'all watched the last pod, me and Kay was on here. And, I mean, I know Kay said, you know, don't move things past Atlanta. But, you know, I was basically talking about a potential series between the Heat and Celtics. And now that ain't even going to happen unless we play them in, like, what, the um conference finals? If we even make it that far, which, let's be freaking for real right now, that's probably not even reality. But who cares at this point? All I know is that everything happened last night and it put me at a point where I'm just like, screw it. And I'm at a point where I just honestly want the season to end, you know? It's like, and some people might f- might hate that, you know, because you always want to have hope and stuff. But it's kind of like when you got a dog, when you got a pet, and that thing is sick as hell. Like, you don't want to see it suffer and you just want to get it put down. Like, that's how I feel with this team. I feel like it's time to put it down and then move on with life. So, I don't know. Go get the 14th pick and then let's go from there. Aside from that, I want to hear what y'all got to say. So I'm gonna pass the mic to you first, Steve. You couldn't pass the mic to a better person right now. Um, I'm gonna keep it short right now because I want to hear what what everyone else had to say because everybody know how I feel. But uh, yeah, this team stinks. It sucks. Uh, what did everyone expect it? I hope my optimistic friend K. I, I definitely want to hear his points because I I don't see what he sees in this team. Um, last night, last night was, uh, it, it showed what this team was all season long. Like it, like it was 80, 82 games of what this team was. So last night, then, then it, it didn't really mean nothing to me. Um, they couldn't shoot the ball. Well, that happened all 82 games of the season. They got out rebounded. That happened all 82 games of the season. You know, your star, your your supposedly star player, your second best player, he disappeared, which that happens probably forty one times of the season. All Heat fans, they all assumed that Miami was just gonna blow the doors off of Atlanta and Caleb Martin and uh, what's the other guy, Gabe Vincent, was gonna have Trey Young in Broward County jail cell, but. 
that didn't happen. Last night was horrible. We had Kyle Lowry, who me and him is probably the same height, six foot even, was on a seven one center. Like it is just ridiculous. The the roster construction the, the construction of this roster is horrible. And it all goes back to the supposedly godfather and Pat Riley. Since he, remember in two thousand and five when when we had Stan Van Gundy as the coach and he fired Stan Van Gunn and he said, I'm going to coach this team since I put such a horrible roster together. I wish you'd have did that shit last night. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't mean to curse. But I wish you'd have did that last night. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I wish you'd have did that not la- last night or even last seat or after the All-Star break so he can see what Spoh's been dealing with. So he can see what Spoh's been dealing with. You put this horrible roster together, you should have been the one that coached it. You gave you gave Spo the horrible ingredients and you wanted him to cook you a, a, a five-star meal. But since you put the roster together, since you put the ingredients together, you should have been the one cooking this mess. Kay, you go ahead, man. I, I want to hear what Kay got to say. Wow. I mean, brother just called me out, didn't he? Um, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to follow that, Dean. Um, listen, bro. You right. I, I what can I say? I mean, I disagree with your like the like the emphasis on your point of all 82 games. I disagree. But the premise of your point for the vast majority of the time is what you insinuate. I totally agree. Um, my thing is this, man, they gotta decide on who they are. Either they're gonna play offense or they're gonna play defense, but you can't suck on both sides every night. And what I mean by suck on both sides at the same time on any given night is if you're not going to play defense, which none of them really did a whole lot of early on in that game, especially not a ton later on, even though they did make a couple of runs where they were forcing the Hawks to miss a couple of shots, but the Hawks were just also missing. They had a couple of good defensive sequences laced in there, but like for the most part, nobody really played great on defense. And here's the thing. If you're not going to play great on defense, then your offense needs to show up and for your top six guys, for only three of those guys to really show up. I know you want to point to Gabe Vincent's injury like late in the game, not you, but just people in general. I know they want to point to Gabe Vincent's injury late in the game, but up until that point, what the hell had he done? So when three of your top six guys aren't really giving you anything, and I don't really consider Bam's final stat line giving you anything because he had four to six of those points when the game was all but over, um, you're not going to win, especially if you're not performing on defense. If you're not not allowing the other team to go off on you, then you have to keep up with them and outscore them. And you can't do that with half of your top guys not doing what they're supposed to do. There are guys on this team that you can look at, such as Kyle Lowe and Tyler Hero, which we're going to get to, which everybody else has done, and saying that they didn't play any defense. But none of, the, but none of them played great defense. So that's the thing. Okay, that's a wash. Are we going to try to make more shots than they are? And that's what they tried to do, giving themselves a chance multiple times pulling back to within five, but everybody didn't come to do that. Everybody didn't come to execute that game plan. You can look at certain guys on the floor early on last night and ask the, and you literally were asking yourselves, does this mother want to be here right now? Because you couldn't figure it out. Um, Listen, man, there's a fundamental problem with the team. And that is when one guy is going, the other guys aren't going. And, and people want to say that schematically. I think that's mental. And I'm not saying, you know, one guy is soft enough. Like, I just think it's it's like a mental block or something, like the like the house party line. I think he got a mental. And it's not just the guy that everybody thinks I'm talking about. Everybody works that way. They can't seem to get everybody on the same accord at one time when it matters the most. Now, when they can, they're able to play with anybody. But I can't come on here today and say that they're going to do that, especially after what we saw on Tuesday. I mean, wait, 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 wait. This is where this is where I disagree with. Well, I'm not gonna say I disagree with you, but the thing is, this team just doesn't mesh together. That's why when it takes when one guy is on, and not to cut you off, but that may be that thing I'm talking about. That may be that thing I'm talking about. Not to cut you off, but the guy, what you gonna say? Go ahead, please. No, but but that's no, that's I'm I'm so I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you. It's like when when one guy is clicking and doing everything, the or two guys clicking and mission and doing everything, 
the the two other supposedly stars are not. So it's like we need two guys to play bad for our two guys to play great. Why is that? It's not. I'm not going. I don't think it's it's coaching. I think it's just they the roster was just it just is not fitting. They didn't fit together. And everyone want to say, well, last year we were a Jimmy Butler three away from making the finals. And eh, you're wrong. Where was it? We wasn't. Like it's not. We we just wasn't. Because if that was the case, we wouldn't have these problems today. I was leaving the floor open. I mean, I could go, but I was. I wanted to hear everybody else's thoughts on like, what's the meshing issue? Like, why? You know what I mean? Why are we like? Is there a messing issue to everybody else, or is that just something like me and Dean saying? You know what I mean? Not to jump on Joel. You know I can talk. Right. Does anyone want to step in? Yeah, I was gonna say it to me. Like, yeah, obviously it's a clear meshing issue, but we also need dudes that can help fix that outside of them two dudes. Cause I think you know a lot of people were kind of going crazy when Jimmy was getting all them assists to Cody Zeller, however many games ago that was, and they're saying why can't he do this with Bam and Blase, Blase, Blah. But to me, it's just like both of them are obviously hesitant to shoot most times, right? Jimmy don't really care in the regular season. Um, Bam, I've been saying, to me, he's way too over-reliant on that mid-range jumper. I would love to see him just attack the rim like he did once upon a time ago, way back when, however long ago he used to attack the rim. Um, And I'm not, like, to me, I feel like they can make this work. Again, I just, the, the surrounding core and the surrounding cast is just, it's not doing it. Like to me, this look they look like a, a JV team that forced a bunch of the freshmen to just come up and play because they couldn't find any other talent. You know what I'm saying? That's how they look to me personally. And I don't know how the hell they fixed this, but when you have two really good players, it's basketball, bro. At the end of the day, it's simple. Like a lot of stuff doesn't mesh well, but you can make it work. Spo is a, a genius at making it work. And so far, it's worked in a lot of cases and it hasn't in some other, especially this year, just hasn't worked to the way it's supposed to. But I think the main reason because of that is because a lot of dudes have regressed. Max Schuster shooting is not there. Gabe Vincent, if we're being honest, is not a starting point guard on any other team in the NBA. Like the list goes on and on and on. So to me, it's not even about those two specifically, even though, yeah, they played bad, just as bad as everybody else did yesterday. It's about filling out the rest of this roster with competent talent that could do more than just one thing on the basketball court. Right. And all I got to say is this, is that I just wish we didn't have a team that was just addicted to, um, what is it, all these undrafted players, the way how it is with Miami, you know, because it's like watching someone get addicted to painkillers because you're just at the point where Miami is so addicted that they're now at a point where they're beginning to suffer from it. They're beginning to see the consequences of being so hooked to it. And we've seen how it's paid off for the Heat. Barely anything good has happened for the squad this year, especially when you got like nine to 10 players that are all undrafted because I just don't get it. And I know another person that has a lot to say about this team. It's none other than Lola from our Culture Shock podcast. Make sure y'all check it out. So I want to hear Lola, what's on your mind? So everyone mentioned roster construction issues and, and I completely agree with that. Um, we had the same issues last year, aside from us having PJ, and that helped with Bam a lot. But we also had all these undrafted players playing way above their skill level year after year. And, you know, like this year, it came, they plateaued right back to where they were supposed to be. And that's why you see the consequences of that is that we have no bench production. We're relying heavily on guys like Bam and Jimmy to score and Tyler as well. And, you know, we've seen it all season. Like, we've seen this team be bipolar and just not good all season. So it's like to come in and we're in the play-in. So to come into this point and expect us to just beat teams, it's like this team is so up and down. Their energy is up and down. Like, and we've seen that all season and we saw it last night. Like, they came to the game with such low energy when this is supposed to be a must-win game. You're supposed to bring your all to this. And they came in like it was some regular season game that they were supposed to play. Literally no energy on defense. No effort. Like, this team was never a great team. We just had so much effort. 
and so much, you know, like running around and just getting, getting to the ball and trying to get rebounds and trying to scrap for more. And that's what made this team great in the past. It was never about, you know, like aside from the big three years, like, it, like the recent teams, it has never been about how great our roster was. It was about the effort that we gave, the defense that we play, the muck that we bring on the defensive end and all of that that works so well in the playoffs when the game slows down. And we did not bring none of that. Like we like for instance with Trey Young, like our whole game plan has always been to make it extremely uncomfortable for him. He was so comfortable last night. He could get to wherever he wanted on the court. He could get the ball to anyone that he wanted on the team. If you let Trey play like that old game, what do you think is going to happen? He's a really good playmaker. He's going to get all his guys going. And once all of them gets going, it's like it's so hard to stop them on the on the defensive end. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just like energy and, and focus and everything else that wasn't there. I mean, I'm not saying we're a great team, but we can beat the Atlanta Hawks. Like, we beat them. It's just they had no energy. They had no focus. Bam was saying post-game that they weren't feeding him the ball. Like, oh, I'm tired dude, of that. not like, dude, like, you're a friend. Like, you're supposed to be our franchise player. You demand the ball. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm done giving this man excuses when he comes to the offensive end. Defensively, he did great. So, I'm not saying he didn't impact the game at all. Like, I think he did great on the defensive end. Like you guys said, like, on the defensive end, they did not, none of these players showed up, like, Max literally played 23 minutes and only scored th- three points, and we know he can't play defense. So Bam did have to cover for all of them. And I am and I can understand people saying he spent so much energy on the defensive end and all of that, but he has had great games on offensive side and still played good defense. Like, we're not going to act like he can't do both. And if you're our franchise player, you have to demand the ball. You cannot score 12 points in 41 minutes. That's never going to be excusable to me. So I'm not going to say Bam was horrible last night because no, he did no. he did bring no cuz he did he did play really good defense. Like outside of him I really didn't see anyone else play good defense. So I'm not going to say he played a horrible game but you cannot score 12 points in 41 minutes in a in a a very important game that could literally decide the whole playoff, you know, seeding and all of that. Like it's such an important game and for you to only score 12 points and people are looking at you to be the guy well, maybe he's the future, not that guy. bro. This is what year that is, but but how like that. How many years? I agree. He, he, I've never thought he was that guy, but like no. But I'm just for, actually, now. I'm asking how many years he's been in the NBA. Six years, right? Right. He, he he's on a max contract, correct? We look at him right. as our second star for the championship run, correct? Why is it that we have to players always have to force him the ball? No, you get your ass down there on the block. Put your hand up and say, "Give me the ball, the man, the ball." Get, like, go get a rebound. It, it's not that it's, it's, it's like, bro. It, it pisses me off that it's like he got to go do a, a a pick and roll, or and then you know they 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 canceled them out on a, Atlanta did a great job canceling them out on them on them, but denying him them roles. But listen, when you have the John Tay Murray, Jalen Johnson, Trey Young, anybody that's under six seven. You you put them on your hip, put your hand up and say, "Yo, give me that effing ball. Give me the make the team want to give you the ball. I guarantee you, Jokic, DeMarcus Cousins, Joel Embiid, Giannis, none of those guys have that problem. Why is it that Bam is cuz he's not confident. He's not confident cuz he's not confident in his offense as far as ISOs and them go. Like he's a max player then. Well, if he's not comfortable in his offense, then then he just need to go then. Well, cuz when you cuz when he you well first of all, he's on his now nah, he's on his he's on his rookie max, not an actual max contract. But we got bam. We getting bam the max, not just for his offense but for his defense as well. He's a two-way player. So it's yeah, not like you just look at and he literally, saying, like, he's literally he's literally our defense. Our he's our anchor. So he is our anchor. He is our defense. But let me make this more clear. He then if, if he's not comfortable and confident in his in his offensive his offensive ability, then then he's he's not our second he's not our second best player. We're never going to win a championship with, with him as a number two. Like it's, it's like so we might have to get that out of our heads. He has to play better on our offensive end. There's no more excuses. Yes, he did he he did 
a lot on the defensive end, but he wasn't great on the defensive end. I, I'm no, he was not great on the defensive end. I've I seen way better games from Bam on the defensive side of the ball. So no, I'm not going to say he he was great. He was just as bad as everyone else. Yeah, but think about it. Like as far as role players go, like outside of Kyle, no one no one showed up. No, you're right. We had bro. The, the bench scored what ten points. I'm not. I'm not counting. I'm not. Nah, not because yeah, if you I'm if you if you bench guy, he he was a starter last night. He just came off the bench. I'm not counting him as a bench. Thirteen guy. points I'm, outside of the four guys. Bro, so my point exactly. And another guy who's who's a uh, supposed to be a sharpshooter making seventeen million played zero minutes last night. No, nah, we no no no. We're gonna we're gonna put the smoke back on Max because you're not gonna start no, Max were, Max get twenty four minutes. Max was also bad. Tyler was. But also why did bad. he start though? Like, can we like can we really get a discussion of why Max even started to begin with? Bro, you why have, was that decision being made? You know why was that? Because because you know Caleb can guard Trey better than why? Max. I want to tell you why, bro. Spo looked down. He looked at the roster. He looked. At, he grabbed that paper and said, "What else do I have?" Nothing. Nah, you had Caleb. Like, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna give Spo a pass on that. Cause you had Caleb, and you could have started Caleb. Did you not see Caleb play? I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about offense, though. I'm talking about defense. He should have been the one guarding Trey. And if we started Max, I mean, if we started Caleb and gave him minutes every single time Trey came in, that would have been the best thing for us. What did Max do? You put Max in there so he could be our three point shooter. Man scored one three the whole game. Like, it, it, we're not going to know. Spo is not getting a pass for this. Why was the decision there to start Max? Because, once again, Spo looked at his roster sheet and said, I have nothing. Else. Max been ass all season. So, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear nothing. Max been ass all season. He should have not started Max. He should have been. Like, like Kay said, you have to prioritize defense or offense. Right? But they both were listen. Offense and defense, they both was bad last night. Like both of them was bad. You know why? Yeah, because you had Tyler and Max out there at the same time. Like, what are you expecting? You can't have two. Like, I never like this is why the roster construction again. Like on this front, it's not supposed It's the roster construction. You can't have two whites on the court at the same time, especially when all our whites can't play defense. Like you just can't. That's two out of that's two out of five players on the court that. Any team could target at all times. But you know who also who couldn't play defense like, either? Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry played 33 minutes and he also was a cone on defense. But out of out of the out of the other guys you said, he is the one who, who who's who's more smart on the defensive end. Like he knows what to do. He just can't, he's just not capable of, of playing defense no more. But I, I mean, but you, I'm I'm trying to explain to the reason why Trey Young also had a good good game last night is because the Atlanta Hawks' new head coach, he's not no dummy. Quinn Snyder is also a capable head coach. He's also a, another great head coach. So his game plan was to get the ball out of Trey Young's hands quicker and move him around. And it worked. Like, it, it literally worked. That's exactly why you had all these. That's why Miami lost the rebound battle by 30 because you had Bam guarding the perimeter and had Trey Young. I mean, not Trey Young. Uh, uh, what's what's number fourteen? Number fourteen, Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry and all these other guys on a on a block, which was, was like it was a horrible decision, but it was nothing. Spo hands was was handcuffed, like he 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 couldn't do nothing. Like it was what it was. No matter what, it was going to be a mismatch. But what if they were making it way harder on Trey? Like so so much more ball pressure, like. It would have. I I feel like it would have changed the game because he he was doing whatever he wanted. He was playmaking out there. Listen, I agree with Shaw put in the private chat. All, I'm I'm not going to say the word because I I heard <laughs> like three times already. But if people who can't see it, I'm going to tell you what she said at 5:59. Shaw said, "All them undrafted bleeps have to go," and I couldn't be more. They should have got rid of them in uh, during the trailer line. Bro, like all the all the I'll, issues I'll, we're talking about go back to the same thing, bro. The roster just isn't good. If you put Caleb no. in, you're not gonna have the you're not gonna have a defense playing honest for a three point shooter. You put Maxine, you're mm. gonna have a little bit more space and offensively, mm. but you're gonna get fried defensively. Like it's give Cook, and take bro. no matter where you go. So 
is like again that's why anybody putting yes, blame on Bo is kind of crazy to me because it's like he can't do anything, bro. I- any route he goes is ugly for us regardless. And so Pat Riley, he deserve all that smoke, all the vapor because it's let's, bad right now, bro. Like, let's, speaking of bad. Pat Riley, I just I just got a quick question. Like, it's, it's matter of fact, I'm gonna ask later on. I'm gonna ask before we leave. Next, go ahead. Next. Oh, I'm let me let me let me get a word in, bro. Like it's been so much said, and I was just letting y'all had a floor because like y'all was you know what I mean. Y'all was in it, so I ain't want to, you know what I'm saying, jump in. But it was so much said there, and I'm going to try to hit everything um, as best I can, as quickly and concise as possible. But first of all, on the undrafted situation, look, I, I feel you. I, 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 on Today, after Tuesday night, I can't contest that. Like, I can't refute that. I'm not going to try because, like, I can't win that right now. However, what I will say is that's the way that the Miami Heat have always gotten it done, and we're just not seeing that. And to Lola's point – like effort and intensity is about what it is because but that's what defense is all the while like you could be the worst like no nuance non-skilled non-athletic like guy in the world but if you try hard you could be a serviceable guy on defense that's first thing second thing when you look at like those undrafted guys the Miami Heat get success out of them a lot of times and then there are years where it just doesn't quick question go ahead how long how long do they get good value out of these undrafted guys and we can go all the way back to to 08. How long has they gotten good value out of these undrafted guys? Well, I'll tell you this. So they were able, like, even if you're looking at it, like, from the perspective of, like, we looked at some of these deals early, like, as trade fillers. Like, I mean, you could look at the boy um, that came out of uh, Tyler Johnson or whatever. They end up using him to flip him. I mean, I'm not, I'm you, you're asking value. You're asking value. Go ahead, um, go ahead, go ahead. They end up, like, even if you look, and I was also going to whip my pointer background for you through a whip in there. Undrafted guys and trash heap guys. So I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also keep it going. I mean, of course, you look at Duncan. He's sitting on the bench right now. When you look at shaking up the undrafted situation, Max is probably going to be gone after this season. And that's, and I think that has some, that, I'm not going to put, like, insinuation on nobody, but that might have something to do with why I suppose, like, giving him so much rope. It's like, yo, we want to keep you, but I don't think they should or are going to be able to. I think you're going to end up having to choose between him and Gabe, and if you're choosing, I think you choose Gabe, but that's another decision because you guys are saying ship out all the undrafted guys, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's how they've traditionally done it because you look at guys like Orlando Robinson and Jamal Kane that are coming in to the pipeline next year and they're going to be one or two more guys next year that we're going to be like, you know, okay, they're going to be on the roster in some form of fashion. Whether you're talking about a Jamal Bouye, whether they bring Drew Smith back or whether there's another guy, heck bring Michael. Potter so back if we're, if we're getting rid of Max after this, like after this play and whatever happens from here, like why give him minutes? Like I, I don't get that. Because well, they have because... no one else to turn to. That well, I, I think, agree, but like he said, dis- that's why. And I was like, I dis- why would well, that no. be the reason why? I disagree, but I'm saying they're trying to sway him. I said, if I had a choice, but I said uh, before that, I think they're trying to keep Man, him. if, if you're I swaying a, a bum undrafted player, hey, like hey, you're listen. down horrendous. Well, well no, they're Not looking at the but like so so I only have one question before Kate keeps going because I feel like his point wasn't that and I interrupted him. But like yeah, yeah, he was so why did a Miami Heat continue to hold on to these undrafted guys way beyond when they should trade them? Because because that's our problem. It's not that we don't get these undrafted guys and they end up hitting gold. We do hit gold with these undrafted players. We just hold before on to them. We just hold on gold. to them too long. If we just trade them when they're at their peak. We would be hitting, bro, we would be getting so many different picks and players out of them, but we hold on to them until their value is literally zero, hence Duncan and Max, because honestly, his value is shit at this point. Like, it's just like, why do we keep doing this? And that is my only problem with the organization. I don't mind the undrafted guys as long as you're willing to let them go when their value is at their peak, because we all know that shit comes back down. Like... You don't, they don't play at this level forever. They're just playing way above their skill level and, and everything else for a short amount of time before it it hits that plateau. So trade them while their value's up. Like if you do that, I have no problem with the organization going for these guys. It's literally low risk, high reward at that point. So, all right, as far as that goes, that's a catch 22. I hear you. And you could do that. But that goes to another point I wanted to make when we talk about 
the Miami Heat and how they go about their roster construction. Like you guys know, like I know, me and Kev was having this conversation offline earlier. The Miami Heat don't ever tank. They're always trying to win. And when you're always trying to compete, you're not going to have the assets. You're not going to have the top picks. So you're going to have to go to these ancillary sources to bring in serviceable guys. Even look back to the big three era where the roster was full of guys who other guys might have thought was past their prime. We're talking to Mike Millers. We're talking to Shane Battiers. We're talking to Rashard Lewis's. We're talking to Warden. We're talking guys like that. So this isn't strange or foreign to how the Miami Heat have done it. And again, it's all hit or miss. And I understand the gripes. Like they're not not true they're not not rational not 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 logical but at the same time it's just like i'll give you an example yes if we trade Hassan Whiteside at the peak of his situation right um you might can get some back for him but other teams have treated him now even when he's giving you double doubles in 15 minutes like he's been like you know a piece of trash it's like is that gonna transfer to another team and maybe we're overvaluing what they would bring back on the open market. But then there's also this, like, are it, are you going to get more value back than what you hope that they can give you? Because what they're showing you in their time there is so valuable that you think you're going to get a massive haul. Don't you look like a fool for trading that and then being deficient? And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying that might be the scenario we're facing. But now, see, that's a risk go, you gotta go take. That's but right. I feel like, but, take. but it's also like on one side because you're taking the risk on Duncan Robinson and you missed. You're taking the risk on all these guys and you're missing. I feel you like once you miss with, I feel like, take. I feel like I get why they decided to keep Duncan. I don't completely agree with the contract, but I kind of get why they kept Duncan because he worked so well with Bam and they needed a three, like they needed a three point shooter. And he was, he was the best you could get on the market. And honestly, the market for three point shooters at that time was around the value that we got him for. It's just the years was kind of messed up. But aside from that, I get why, I get why they did that with Duncan. I completely understand. But once, once you saw what happened to Duncan, you would think once they got a, the same, almost the same thing out of Max, that they would have, I'm not saying we're going to get a huge hole out of Max, but I'm saying once you saw Max become what Duncan was, you would think they would know better this time and do what needed to be done because they already learned with Duncan. They're not learning from their mistakes. They keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And that's well, my only issue with that. Like, honestly, I don't mind the undrafted players as long as... As, because I believe in the Heat. The Miami Heat are one of the, the best. We got one of the best developmental team out there. Like, I know what we can do, but that shit I is not sustainable. That's what I believe in. The reason it's not sustainable, though, is because undrafted players can work, and obviously they've worked for us in the past, but the reason that it hasn't worked with this group is that while you're dealing with these undrafted players, you have to lay a foundation and find someone that you can build up off and be the future of your franchise. And right now, obviously, we look at Bam and we look at Tyler, but neither one of them guys are like or like Bam. I could see it makes a lot of sense. I know he's looked at as like, you know, the, the next guy. Right. But even then, it's like, bro, the undrafted players should be asked to just piece holes together. That's it. Right now, we're asking all these dudes to be we're asking Gabe Vincent to be a starting point guard in the NBA, bro. Like. If you ask the average NBA fan, I guarantee you they have no idea what school Gabe Vincent went to or Max Strews for that reason. And that's the biggest issue, bro, is that they they have to be important just like any member of a team is. Everybody plays their role, but they can't be a significant piece of your roster. How many undrafted players in the league right now are playing major minutes for a playoff team? It's not too many. Not many. And that's the problem is that they just have to evolve, bro. That's all it comes down to. Like, again, you can still have these undrafted players. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't rely on them to play these major roles. They should be able to come in during the regular season and give you meaningful minutes here and there. But they shouldn't be asked to go into the playoffs and, and go in a TD Garden and, and win a Game 7 situation or a Game 6 situation. Like, that's just not what it should be, bro. And that's the problem is that they keep asking all these dudes, like Lola said, to be way better than they're supposed to be. And that's just not the case, bro. They have a short lifespan for a reason and it's because sometimes undrafted dudes are undrafted for a reason bro they just weren't that good to get drafted and sometimes you'll hit but at the same time again bro find your foundation 
pave that, and these undrafted players should come in and add on to that little by little. But they shouldn't be a majority ever anymore, bro. The league is way too talented for that. For real. They're so literally our saying, foundation. So, hold on, hold on. So what y'all saying is y'all would have the heat bottom out. Y'all would have the heat tank and suck every couple of years to lay no, that foundation. Hold on, hold on. See, that's what they should. See, when they have a down year, when they have a down year. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, like, because the only way you're going to be able to, if you're constantly trying to win, you're always going to be where the Heat are, which is in that 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 range. And even that is hit or miss. Because, like I said, it's a gift for the Miami Heat to be able to constantly do what they do with picks in that range, first of all. But what I'm saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got you. What I'm saying is when when you're constantly trying to win, you aren't asset latent. So if you aren't asset latent, you have to get creative because you're constantly just trying to plug and find and figure because you didn't suck bad enough last year to gain all of the assets or the asset that can turn into a lot of assets. But at the same time, you were trying to win, so you had to find meaningful, useful pieces. It's like the way that they do it, it isn't conducive to what you're saying. And if you're asking for that, and I'm not saying this right or wrong, I'm just painting a realistic picture for you because that's why they consistently go to the undrafted, the scrap heat, the, oh my God, this guy was in Taiwan for a couple of years. Now he can come do his thing in the league. I mean, that's why they do that is because they're constantly trying to win teams that have those, like, look at the teams you guys are talking about. These are, tell me a team that hasn't bottomed out or like had top, top, top draft picks and are doing what you guys are saying do. And if you can tell me one, I'll shut the hell up. I promise. Bro. Toronto Raptors. The, that's they play. The, they play six dudes, bro. I, I'm talking. They I, play I, six I, dudes. Listen, I'm, wait, bro. no, I kind of disagree with what Kay is saying because if they really wanted to add to this roster, they could have done it at the trade deadline. They could have done it. Yes. At the offseason. Okay, okay, okay. Tell me. Tell me how. Tell me how. Tell me how. They had a pick, they had a pick to use. They did not believe in this. They did not believe in this team from jump. They wanted to wait it out. They did not want to use their pick this year. They they wanted to wait it out this year. If they really wanted to get, if they really wanted to get crazy, they could have. Is my point. Like they could have done things. Like it's not like they had nothing. They had no assets. They had a pick. They could have used it and got okay, a serviceable I, 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 role okay, player. So what will? So what? What would you have had them? Who give? Tell me who you have had them bring back. Jeremy them. Grant. Get him. The, you didn't bro, think he would have helped? You, I don't think you think that pick alone would have gotten Jeremy Grant because I don't. Didn't Jeremy Grant go for like a player in a first round pick? You see, you still have maybe given me anybody. Round. Like, I don't I, do I don't hypotheticals. Remember. You got to be able to give me something real. You see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of conversation is hypothetical, and I try to stay logical in what we really can see. It's like you said, Jeremy Grant, and they don't have the assets to get Jeremy Grant. Plain and simple. That pick alone wouldn't have gotten him. And if Portland traded him, fire everybody in the building because they stupid. But what I'm telling you is like they have you have to be realistic with this thing. We acting like this the trade machine, and it ain't. Yeah. No, 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 like, no, no. I'm not acting like it's a trade machine. What I'm saying is, this is what I'm saying is, it was pieces out there Miami could have did. I'm I'm going, I'm not just going back to this season. I'm going back to just just in general, just just period. They made the front office made some bad decisions overall. Now I'm not talking about just last and year. And I agree, I agree with I'm that. I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing that. with that at all. I'm, I'm just saying in general, because yes, it's teams out there who have not been in great position, i.e., the Milwaukee Bucks, they didn't draft high. Yes, they have a general a generational player in Giannis. But that's neither here nor there because Miami. Whoa, you can't just say neither here nor there when you're talking about Giannis. You you can't yeah, do that. I, I know, but I can't mean, do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but listen, uh, Jimmy Butler's not he, he he's not no bum. He's not a stir fry. He's also a, a great player. He might not be better than Giannis, but he's a good player. I mean, we can go down the list. I, I mean, we can go to we can go to to the Western Conference, Utah. Years back, they never had a top five pick. Utah has never been had never bottomed up. I mean, it's possible. You have to be willing. All these undrafted guys, they're not necessary. We can go all the way back to the to, to guys who got big con who got who got money out of Miami. And where are they now? Where are the Deion Waiters at now? We don't hear from him. He's not in the NBA. Where is James Johnson at now? We gave him a contract. 
Where is he now? We who team he played for? No one knows. Tyler Johnson. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. This is becoming a habit with Pat Riley. He gets these undrafted guys. They work for cheap labor. They're they're so great, and then we give them a contract, and what happened? They go back to why. This is why they were undrafted. Pat Riley has been given spo crappy teams over and over and over again. Just because he's a great head coach and the development team is pretty good, and and they get. They get little bites of great of, of greatness out of these undrafted guys, and they think that they're doing something. No, yes, the heat culture is a real thing. It works, but it needs to be retooled. We can't keep banking on 1999 and 2006 mm-hmm. heat culture. No, the, the, the culture can still be here, but it has to be retooled. All these undrafted guys, it has not been working. The last five years of this team has not worked. Yes, we went to the NBA Finals. We lost. We don't hang banners in in Miami for making an appearance in the NBA Finals. Like, like, come on, let's be for real. Yo, yo, real quick, the Portland Trailblazers have acquired Jeremy Grant and the draft rights to Ismail Kamagate from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for draft rights to Gabriel Procida, 2025 first round draft pick, 2025 second round draft pick, and 2026 second round draft pick. You don't think we could beat that? I don't think that they would have. I don't think that they would have. What are you are you joking me? Because if they would have I can't beat that. This is literally scraps in a first round pick. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this today. They probably could have beat that, but was Pat Riley? It's not probably they could have. They didn't even go. Answer this question. Would Pat Riley have done that? I don't know because honestly, honestly, nowadays I don't know what Pat Riley be doing. All right, other than sleeping, I really don't know. (laughs) But see, listen, here's the thing: traditionally, over the course of the franchise, he hasn't done that. That's not what he does. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What is what what is not? But what is not how he operates? He's not going to. He's not. He's not going to deem what he pays as an overpay. He's not. A first That's, round pick and bunch of scraps for Jeremy but, Grant so, is an over. But, but he over. Yo, but, we got we got guys. These guys, these guys, guys are you have to. You went okay. You went and you got Jimmy and you told Jimmy that you're gonna bring him a a roster that can compete for a championship. You promised him that shit. So you have to overpay. Where you gotta overpay to make that shit happen? You can't just be one foot in, one foot out. This Come Jimmy takes so many more years, like. You can't, you can't just like we can't, we can't just keep going through this like where, okay, uh, we are competing for a championship, but uh, we can't go all the way in because of this and that. Like, no, you either go all the way in with Jimmy or you go all the way out and trade Jimmy. Like, I'm tired of this shit. Like, we're in the mid, we're stuck in the middle year after year after year for no reason. Like, why do we do this? Like, there's no point of it. That's why, like, when people are like, oh, you don't want to tank. Tank. If, if tanking is what's needed to win a championship, do that. But now we have Jimmy on the team, and you have to decide. You want to go all in on Jimmy, or you want to go all out and trade Jimmy? Because you at this point, you're just wasting the man's time. Exactly. Hey, wasting your time. Bro, listen. Look, all I'm saying is the Knicks is better than us. That, that's all I got to say. And with the that, I, I just want to say real quick is that, to me, bro, like, we all got to be realistic here, right? The Heat could tell us all day, all season long that the goal is to win championships, which obviously it should be. You play to win championships, right? But, but we every, ain't no year, every year, that's not realistic, bro. Like, it's just not. We can, I think we can all agree on that. And my biggest thing with that is I don't even – sometimes I don't even care if we were a middle-of-the-pack team, dog. When we went to the finals in 2020, we were, what, the fourth or fifth seed? So it's like that really don't even matter to me. The, the talent gap – between the top teams in the NBA right now in the mid in the middle of the pack is not that different, bro. That's the thing is that you can you could capitalize on any given opportunity. And so with that, it's like you could bottom out here and there. I don't mind that, but it's also just like, bro, I just want to watch competitive basketball. And right now, what we watched last night was not that at all. Like I don't even care if we win or lose, but to me, it's a way to go. Even when you lose, it's a proper way to lose, bro. Last night, that stuff was not it at all. Like Lola said, it was no energy, it was no heart, it was no fight. Those are, those should be like bare minimum requirements when dudes is making a million dollars to play a game. 
But Kev, wouldn't you say that they've been doing that all season? Like, as far as energy goes? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not even just trying to single out this game. This is the entire season. This is why, like, I'm not surprised that this happened because they've been showing us this this entire season. So, I'm just saying is that, bro, Pat Riley, you just got to evolve, bro. Like, that's all it comes down to. You can't be stuck in your old ways because that's been shooting us in the foot for the past four to five years now. Like, it looked good in 2020. Obviously, it looked good last year. But, bro, like – I'm looking at all these other teams, bro. The Bucks got significantly better just adding Drew Holiday and they pieced yes. and guys around yeah. them. The Hawks got better adding adding Dejounte Murray. Um, Cleveland clearly got better adding Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks added Jalen Brunson. We laughed at it for a second, and, and now Julius look at Randall, them right now. And Julius Randle. And that's what I'm saying. It's like again, Kyle Lowry was a cool addition. I'm not gonna sit here and say anything about him right now, but it's just like, bro, we haven't done anything to get significantly better it's not even it only gotta be significant even the, the celtics are the perfect example bro they have two stars in jason tatum and jalen brown you know what they did they pieced around the right players around them they got Derek yes. white they got malcolm brogan and it's little moves like that that's what i want to see i want competent role players that know how to make things happen i don't want to go on games worrying about what is max Struess going to do tonight what is gabe vincent going to bring tonight what is caleb martin going to do tonight i want certified role players like shout out to uncle jeff green who's been doing it for a long yes. ass time even though he's old as hell he had an open heart surgery you still know he's gonna help the nuggets win somehow you know what i'm saying it's things like that like we don't have that bro we go into every game worried about who is gonna step up tonight because you can't just rely on jimmy and you can't just rely on bam and that's a problem bro it's too much talent in the nba right now to be just singly reliant upon your star duo bro point blank period hey kev you know who we're relying on now Cody Zeller. I never seen I not no no seriously though. I never seen a fan base get moved by Cody Zeller. It's bro, Cody Zeller have a good game. He scored eight points and four rebounds. Oh my god, Cody Zeller did this. Bro, like, come on, man. This is what this and then then y'all sit here and tell us we're spoiled. No, we're being excited about Cody Zeller scoring eight points and grabbing four boards. Like, come on, man. Let's be for real. Yo, so um <laughs> we've been we've been all over the place. Jeez, um, does anyone else got something they want to say? Or um, can we can we just give a quick shout out to um, Kyle Lowry, my Canadian brother, for scoring thirty three points last night? You know, a lot of people <laughs> on the timeline was hating on my brother. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like, you've been hating all season. Like, I'm just saying, like Kyle showed up when it mattered. Okay, I don't care what he did all season. He showed up when it mattered in a big way. Yeah, shout out to Kyle, but whatever. <laughs> now, now, now he has to lose to either his best friend Demar Derozan, or his, you know, the team. But it's good in a way because his value. Like I'm sure teams are looking at him after he scored them 33 points. Because <laughs> we, because he gotta get traded after this. In the off season, Kyle's getting traded. So I don't know if this like. Ooh. I don't know, but he's gonna be in that package because his contract needs to be used. I hope so. We're not talking about off-season trade packages right now, but yeah, I think it's good for I, I think it's good for his value. That's all I'll say. But let's see. Um, I feel like we talked a lot. Um, is there anything else y'all want to say before we close this out? Or... <laughs> I'll just say real quick. I hate to say this because I've never said anything like this in my twenty-four years of existence. But I really hope they lose this next game. Not even because I'm worried about the Bucks or anything like that, but just because I'm tired of watching this, bro. Like literally, it's not it's not good basketball. It's not conducive basketball. And honestly, right now, like this is a, even an even broader um, subject. But the NBA right now as a whole, the basketball is not good. The Heat literally just happen to be one of the worst examples. So they got to get it together, man. Because right now, uh, uh, no, bad. but not only that, we don't want to watch them play. Like yo, go lose and get that 14th pick. Because I am afraid of Bucks, and I don't think we could beat them. So just go get the pick. Like, go get that 14th pick. It, we could get another Bam or Tyler out of the draft. Like, it's it's a stacked draft. Like, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense to win this upcoming game. There's no point. You're going to face the Bucks and lose. Like, I'm sorry, but that's what's just going to happen. Like, they've already shown us over and over again who they are. And they're nowhere near Milwaukee's level. So it's just like, just lose. Get that 14th pick and get us another Bam or Tyler. Like, that's all I want. And free Vic. Free Victor Oladipo. 
Oh my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna say this, man. It's been a lot of hoping to lose, but I mean, maybe it's the age gap between a lot of us, but well, between me and the rest of y'all. But I don't get down like that. Where I'm from, brother, like don't none of my people hope to lose. Like we play to win. Like that's just what we do. So I mean, I want to see him keep going. Right. You know. And um, wait before I before I hop on the mic, does anyone else got something they want to add? Last call. Deem is clenching his fist right now, man. Pray for him. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Pray for Deem. Yo, hashtag pray for Deem. Let's make that trend. But aside from that, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. Um, we'll be back with another episode real soon. Either one of the following is going to happen. We're going to give y'all a breakdown of the Heat series against the Bucks if they win. Or we're going to film our season finale pod because the Heat decided to go to Cancun. Either Damn! It is what or, it is. Or, or you can catch me. You can catch me on Biscayne Breakdown with some draft talk. All right. That's <laughs> Culture Shock Pod, the best podcast on the planet. C L T R S H O C K P O D. Follow us on Twitter. Yes, thank you. Yes, sir. So, yeah, shout outs to Culture Shock. Shout outs to Biscayne Breakdown. Also, if you're a big Dolphins fan, make sure to check out Dolphins vs. the World. More content is going to be coming out real soon with that. Make sure to check out all our shows. Make sure to follow Lola at EGY underscore Cole. Make sure to follow Kevin at Kevu. That's two O's. Um, let's see. Mufasa7. Um, make sure to follow K at K underscore said underscore K. And make sure to follow Deem at BLDeem. And aside from that, man, and also make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoeKJacob underscore. Make sure to follow He vs. The World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. We got a lot of stuff heading your way. And make sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel at He vs. The World. And last but not least, make sure y'all also check out HBTW, um, podcast.wordpress.com. We're going to have a lot of great articles on there, hosted by none other than our guy Kay and a lot of our other contributors as well. But aside from that, man, it is what it is at this point. Who cares about this team? Go get the lottery pick and let's just move on with our lives. Let's have a great summer. And until next time, y'all, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.